Welcome to We Kill Tanks Radio, a 2CR production. Never scripted, always relevant, and on topics you want to hear about. As always, feel free to reach out if you have a topic suggestion or you would like to be on the show. Who else can honestly say they punch a star major in the face and they haven't come up on charges? The hardest thing that you will ever have to do is run into the sound of gunfire. There's two types of discipline. There's force discipline as us telling our soldiers what to do, making them do the right thing. The, the most important one is self-discipline. Oh man, you're speaking my love language. <laughs> we have a couple of different people on the line. Uh, before I introduce them, I'll introduce myself. I'm the Regimental Command Sergeant Major, the 33rd, actually, uh, Michael Burke. Um, and I will go around and let everybody else introduce himself. Sergeant First Class Ham. I'm with uh, Havoc Troop 22CR. I don't know what number MCS I am, but I'm the MCS <laughs> over there. Okay. All right. And dialing in on the phone, currently living the quarantine life out at BPTA, Sergeant Morrow. Uh, Sergeant Zachary Morrow. I'm with uh, Lightning Troop 32CR. I'm currently a uh, acting squad leader, team leader, and uh, very welcome to be on the show. Okay. So for the first one, we thought about it, we brainstormed, and we wanted to know how we could capture the attention of the entire regiment. And we could not think of a single better event that would highlight that. That is why this episode is called, What is it like to punch a Sergeant Major in the face? (laughs) (laughs) And that is why Sergeant Morrow is dialed in. So if you're not tracking, what month was that anyway? I don't even remember. October? Was it October? Okay, so it was literally like five years ago because the last two months have been at least three years long no doubt about it okay so anyway october of 2019 the premier fight that happened at uh the fight of the dragoon was between sarmaro and myself uh i put out a challenge i put out a call um because i'm not the smartest person that's ever existed i challenged the entire regiment and uh it was kind of like a heartbreak ridge they literally sent the biggest guy that, that they could find in the entire <laughs> regiment to fight me by the way how much did you weigh during that fight at that moment, I weighed about 269, 270. 269, 270. And I was weighing about 215. Just want to throw that out there, okay, that he <laughs> had me significantly. But anyway, back to the point. So, Sergeant Morrow, what was it like to punch a Sergeant Major in the face? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, definitely <laughs> once in a lifetime. I mean, who else can honestly say they punch a Sergeant Major in the face? And they haven't come up on charges. They haven't gotten in any kind of trouble and uh, been able to shake the individual's hand right after the fight. So it was awesome just being able to have that opportunity. (laughs) I would agree. And there was definitely some interesting uh, Facebook comments that kind of came after the fight. Like, oh, good luck ever making a staff sergeant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Up to the fight, I was like, well, there goes my career after this. <laughs> and just so everybody knows, there has not been any retaliation. Sarm Morrow is doing outstanding, and his career is definitely still on track. In fact, he's arguably probably a celebrity in the regiment. Everybody knows who he is. Probably more people know who he is than know who I am, actually, to be honest with you. You know, on that point, was a question, and this is actually from uh, Major Hefty. He, he had this question. Was there any side bets? Meaning, you know, were people trying to bet whether you would be able to get away with actually punching me in the face? 
Um, actually, there was there was just some chatter between me and my platoon that they were, uh, you know, always making jokes like, hey, bro, this is your time. This is the chance. <laughs> and uh, I was like, no, no, that's but uh, that's why, if you remember still, when we had uh, the talk with the uh, PA before the fight that we were trying to push, because I was honestly like, if I could actually do this, it'd be a lot more interesting. But yeah, yeah, there's never any like, hey, hit him in the face, like try to do it on purpose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I I will say because I, for the record, I did punch you first um, because <laughs> it was honestly very hard to slap. It goes against everything you want to do as a as a man when you're fighting oh, to a, to do it open handed. Like, yeah. Just training. You don't train to slap. You train to close fist against other people. I agree. I agree. That was definitely difficult. So you know, just kind of walk us through what was your uh, what was your thoughts kind of leading up to the fight and the you know the me calling you out and you accepting the challenge and everything. What was kind of your thoughts? Oh, I got uh, super hyped uh, when you uh, posted the video, and then I was able, or when I got contacted that hey, I was going to be the person able to fight you. Uh, made the video like accepting the challenge and it was just actually a lot of fun to be able to set all this up and be a part of it uh like i always say i never underestimate opponent i always love a good fight anybody can win any certain day so i'm looking at you i know who you are who you are and who you were kind of and i was just really excited to know that there's an opponent out there that uh could give me a possible run Oh, you see how he threw, he threw possible run, you know, implying <laughs> that I did not give him a run at all. No, it was, uh, it was that was, you know, it just, you know, from my side, it was, it was just so much fun. You know, I trained with Sarn Ham quite a bit when I was down at 2-2. Unfortunately, before this fight, I had not trained in a while, but uh, we'd been talking about this and doing something like this for almost a year, hadn't we, Sarn Ham? Right. We had one scheduled originally for june that's right we did yeah. yeah but something happened and it got that's right got next yep it did get next so it was good to see this and then it was good to you know make it you know make it an event like it was and you know that uh you know we got to kind of challenge and uh it was a lot of fun and uh, my mentality going into it was do not get made it look like you've never ever been in a fight your entire life that was my entire goal you know through throughout the fight it was a lot of fun and when you when you hit me in the eye and my eye split open i will tell you man i hadn't felt a lot alive like that in quite a while it was definitely a lot of fun but uh you know sarmaro you've been practicing martial arts for quite a while haven't you actually i started as a kid in karate mm. until i was pulled out for reasons of almost breaking a kid's arm when i was like four uh, um, anger issues. <laughs> okay. Hey, it, it'll keep you online though. Martial arts has kept me online my entire life. So, yeah, from wrestling to BJJ to Muay Thai to cage fighting, just the the discipline, the art, it keeps you on a on a certain line, on a certain path that just forms you. Wait, 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 hold on, back up a second. You said cage fighting. Do you have a record? Uh, amateur, not a. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, nothing. amateur. What's your record? <laughs> Uh, I am two and one. No one told me this going into this. <laughs> I feel like I was deceived. Okay, all right. Well, so you know, martial arts have been a big part of your big part of your life. How about you, Sarham? Um, no, I'm strictly a army combatives guy. Yeah, I came in the army. I had zero martial arts. I played ice hockey growing up, so that's the type of fighting I did. You grab one a guy with one hand and you pummel him with the other hand until the <laughs> other guy stops punching. Yeah, right. That's about it. 
But uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I and I was the same way, you know, kind of growing up uh, before the army. Um, mostly, it was me getting my butt kicked, um, you know, growing up because I was I was actually pretty small. Uh, growing up and it took me a while it took me joining the army to actually put some weight on and actually become a bigger kid you know same thing um you know and believe it or not actually you know as far as the army as a whole and this is really going to kind of date me but jiu-jitsu was not in the army it actually started up in second range battalion up at jblm with hoist gracie and uh his brother and their father 275 and a guy named matt larson actually and uh yep, so matt, larson. matt larson was in e6 um when i was a private and i was in 275 so I actually remember rolling with Hoist Gracie. Now, I didn't know at the time, you know, I just thought he was another guy. And then, you know, later on, you know, and as things kind of developed and the Army decided that that was the martial art they were going to go with, um, you know, then we kind of, holy cow, this is this is kind of a big deal. So, you know, it was it's kind of neat to say that, you know, I've been there since not the beginning, but pretty close to the very beginning and definitely in its early chapters. Yeah. So, so, you know. We wanted to, you know, talk about the lead up of the fight. And I think martial arts is a good construct to what we really wanted to kind of talk about in this podcast. And it's kind of that warrior mindset, so to speak. I battled with the word warrior. I think it's overused. I think that people use it way too much in the army and uh, maybe even in the civilian world. Uh, you know, I was having some conversation with some people this morning. And they're like, well, it, it may be overused, but if you really understand what it means, you know, you live your life by it, then it does apply. The word Warrior, when it's actually defined, is a, a brave or experienced soldier or fighter. And then what it means to be called a warrior refers to a soldier or somebody who is involved in a fight and does not give up easily. So when you think about that, that actually makes a lot of sense. And then when you think about the army and you think about, you know, the warrior ethos and all those different things, it definitely plays into that. And the reason, I, you know, we actually wanted to bring both of you on the show um, is because you've both had these disciplines, whether, you know, before the army, you know, with Sar or not before the army, Sar Ham or Sar Morrow, you know, you said you've been doing this since a kid. You definitely both live your lives with discipline. And, you know, so could you kind of speak on that a little bit? What got me started in the whole combatives thing is I was, I was kind of always like an outsider to the other people around me, especially coming up in a support type of environment. Yeah. So, we're looked on as a non-combat MOS, so we're not stressed on knowing combat effective type things. Right. And I always kind of found my way myself, not... Kind not of fitting in with... Fitting the, in with that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, know? okay. Yeah, so that's how I kind of got turned on to combatives, the whole, the warrior mentality. They they taught day one, the willingness to close the distance with the enemy. I mean, and that, that, that sounded like me. So yeah. that's how I got into it, and I found like, hey, this is me. This is what I want to do. I want to bring this back to the people I'm around and find more people like me. Yeah. And just and just so, you know, everybody that's kind of listening, if you don't know Sergeant Ham, the only person that I would rather not fight than Sergeant Morrow is Sergeant Ham. He's taller than me. He's bigger than me. I mean, he, you know, he's a big guy himself, and he's definitely not somebody you want to step in the ring with. So it's kind of cool to hear you say that because it's, you know, it's very similar uh, to kind of my experience as well. I wasn't a fighter growing up. You know, I was a kid that got picked on and everything else. Um, so when I came in the Army, you know, and I went through all the things that I went through, and then the Army's like, hey, we're going to teach you how to fight, like hand-to-hand. -hand. I'm like, sign me up. Okay, let's do this, you know. Absolutely. So how about you, Sergeant Morrow? Like I said, I've always been fighting my entire life almost. But I just love the mentality of it. Just knowing that I can protect myself at any time with just my body mm. is a, a mental, is, is, it goes a long way just on the mental game. 
at any point in time, I know I can defend myself. And also, when I show my guys how to do combatives, because I've, I've been level one, too, just shows them that they can defend themselves. It brings camaraderie when you, or, and it brings rivalry. Mm-hmm. So when you're going when you're going against one another and you're winning or you're losing or you're going back and forth, you're teaching each other moves. You you guys are blood, sweat, and as I say, tears together. It brings the group together. Yeah, absolutely. And so with your 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 warrior mentality, it is overused a little bit in the army. But as you said, with the, like your definition of it, is who we are. I've noticed in the army it's changed a little bit. So that's why like I love and I always push for combatives. Getting hit in the face will wake a man up. Makes you feel alive, it doesn't it? It's better than any energy yeah. drink or any kind of shot that you could possibly take. Absolutely. It also it instills humility as well. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. you'll oh, be yeah. you'll be humbled real quick. Absolutely. Everybody thinks they're the they're the baddest guy in town until. Yep. Absolutely. So there's this uh, staff sergeant, and I know Ham knows him pretty well. Sergeant Landro. He's a great human. When you grapple with him, he will tell you, "I'm going to put you in an armbar." And then after the arm bar, I'm going to flip you over onto your belly and I'm going to use your collar to choke you. And then you'll do everything in your power. And you're stronger than him. You're tougher than him. But his technique is flawless. And he will do it. And, you know, it goes to that humble mentality and yeah. it just, it makes you mad. Plus, you know, I just, I can't stand cross collar chokes because it's kind of like getting shot, <laughs> getting shot with your own gun. Like you're not going to choke me with my own collar. No way. You know, like no one yeah. makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> when we talk about, you know, I know we kind of, we've been focusing on combatives, but if we kind of draw that back just a little bit, it doesn't just talk, you know, we're not just talking about combatives because, you know, you've, you've trained up for tournaments. You've trained up for courses, Sarnham, you know, Sarmaro, you definitely have. Um, I know I have, you know, I've trained up for a lot of different things in my life. And when you do stuff like that, you live a disciplined life. Um, you've got to watch, you know, your sleep. You've got to watch how you work out, type of workouts you do, and usually they're structured to make you better at whatever you're getting ready for, but then also your diet. Like, it, it, it transcends into all elements of your life and kind of how you structure your day and you live a disciplined life, right? Right. Correct. Oh, 100%. Um, I, uh, like I, I know that I, I have to keep a very tight regimen on myself uh, to keep my standards that I have put to myself. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Ham. There's two types of discipline. There's there's force discipline. That's what that's us telling our soldiers what to do, making them do the right thing. Mm. But the the most important one is self discipline. Oh man, you're speaking my love language. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> and that's and that's the hardest one to do. All right, because nobody's making you do it. It's all up to you to get it done. And it's it comes down to the way I explain it to my guys is just doing doing one thing hard every day. One oh. one hard thing a day. That's it. That's where it starts. And then you start building momentum and you start doing two hard things a day and so on. And it becomes your lifestyle. Yeah, I think it, it does start simple. TED Talks and books, you know, like the, just start by making your bed. Another one, you know, and you just you just really kind of said it, Sarham, is there's a book called uh, Grit. And it's a power of passion and uh, perseverance by uh, Angela Duckworth. And, she, her, and the concept she has in there, she's actually talking about her children, is the one hard thing concept. That she make that her and her husband make their children do one hard thing. Now it could be anything, okay? It could be trying to learn to play the piano, you know, learning a foreign language, what you know, or something you know physically you know demanding. It doesn't really matter, but it's one hard thing. And then they have some parameters within that that you have to do it for this period of time before you can say, I don't enjoy this, I don't like it, and I want to do something different. But I think you know, 
plays into this. And, you know, people will say, well, I wear this uniform, I'm disciplined. Well, you got a sergeant first class in here, you got a sergeant major, and then you got sergeant morrow. Not every soldier's disciplined. That's just the truth. Absolutely. We wish they Absolutely. were. We wish they had that self-discipline that you just kind of talk about, but they don't. You can force that discipline, you know, just like you talked about, as much as, you know, all the time and everything else. But if they don't get it themselves, you're never really going to get anywhere. And they're never really going to get it. You know, because you could, you know, Sar Ham, I've seen you many, many a times. Sar Morrow, I've seen you a few times also. Taking your soldier through very, very tough PT sessions, okay? And you could do that five days a week. You could do that. And will they get better? No. Not if on the weekend all they do is drink beer, eat Burger King, and eat pizza, and do nothing all weekend long. They won't get any better. In fact, because they're doing that in their off time and they're not doing any kind of active recovery or any kind of stretching or mobility work, they're going to actually be more prone to injury. So, you know, it's not that you have to, especially when you're younger. Now, as we kind of get older, we know discipline is like kind of almost an all the time thing. If we have one bad night, you know, it's, uh, it's donezo for a couple of days, but, um, <laughs> for that younger population, it's, it's counterintuitive, you know, and it, that's where that self-discipline kind of comes into mind. Right. And that's where you need to start, though. Yeah, right. No, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So how do you, you know, Sergeant Morrow, you know, being the team leader, um, you know, in the conversation, you know, a sergeant, how do you think we get soldiers to understand this? Obviously outside of this podcast, because that's kind of the intent. Oh, um, and honestly, I, I do my like, teaching by showing. I wake up early. I, I've done a whole workout regimen, a whole routine before even PT has happened. And my guys have seen this. I come back in from a hard lift or a morning run before PT, and I'm already drenched. I'm already sweating. I'm already active. And I actually, I've actually converted some guys to come work out with me in the morning because they want to better themselves. They see that I do it, so they want to. And honestly, I think that's possibly the best way as a team leader is to just show. Don't force your guys. Don't say, you have to do this, you have to do that. Do it yourself, and they'll, they'll, they'll naturally follow. And uh, honestly, that's uh, what I believe as a team leader myself is that show and they will do. The Army has things and, you know, sometimes we might think they're cliche, but they're just they're true. And they're just facts that you'll never get around. Setting the example and being present will always have the biggest impact. This isn't about me. It's just it's a good example. A sergeant major stepping into the ring and fighting, fighting a sergeant, knowing that the probability of losing was very likely. Do you think anybody cares that I lost? No. No. Absolutely not. I sent you a, an email after that. That's You don't see too many sergeant majors step into the ring and, and go through that. I think it's what needs to happen a little bit more. That is awesome. And Your first job as a shooter. Absolutely. You know, I talk about Jessica Lynch, um, you know, in the invasion of Iraq, and Sergeant Ham's heard this story before. But when you talk about warfighters and you talk about the support folks uh, that, you know, support all the agencies and everything else, you never know when something's going to happen. And it was as, just as simple as them losing communications and taking a wrong turn. And then they found themselves in a firefight. At the end of the day, we are in the Army. Every single one of us is in the Army, and it does not matter your job. If we go to war, whatever kind of war that is, you never know what the situation is you're going to find yourself, and you need to be able to defend yourself. That requires discipline. Maturity, too recognizing that you need to have that ability right with the uh the 507th 
it was uh, speaking to Matt Larson. He was just on a podcast talking about the 507th, asking the questions of why they get lost because they're a non-combat MOS. They never thought they'd have to do land nav. Right. None of their weapons worked because they never thought they'd have to use them. Right. Yep. And then they found themselves in the worst case scenario ever. Yep. Absolutely. You know, so it was a near ambush. It was, a, you know, basically a near ambush, and uh, you know, any element would have had to fight through it. Um, you know, whether they were prepared to do it or not was, you know, really the question. You know, so, um, you know, but it, it plays into all that kind of that disciplined, you know, lifestyle that we're talking about and realizing that, hey, we might not all be warriors, but we need to be prepared to. And that and that plays into the training and the self-discipline, you know, that you, that you have every kind of single day that you're doing. So let's, uh, let's shift gears just a little bit here. And what I was going to ask you guys was, you know, to speak about having these disciplines, okay, whether, you know, physical, you know, as far as diet goes, or, you know, the martial art, how has that helped you be successful within the Army? It's kept me disciplined with, uh, so I know I have to sacrifice sleep. I have to uh, sacrifice having an extra beer or going out and partying with the guys on the weekend because I know that I need to stay in Army regulations for height and weight. Mm-hmm. I need to uh, be ready for the next PT test. I need to be able to show my guys that I can lead them any day, any time of the week by staying in front of the pack. It all leads back to how you were saying is that sacrifice, that, that determination, that mentality that I need to be the best that I can be. And it's just, it's distilled me to keep that standard. I don't want to be that guy, the weak link. I don't want to be the guy that my Joe's see me and they're like, all right, how is he our team leader? Yeah. So right. it's a self-motivation to sacrifice the time of gaming or watching TV to go to the gym for an hour or stay an extra hour or go at three in the morning like I do. Okay. It always, it's almost like goes back into a full circle effect where I'll feel low, I work out, I feel, t- I feel the uh, prime that I need to, and it's almost kind of like a high. Yeah. When uh, the, the euphoria of fighting, of of hitting the gym, working out, getting myself better. It's a, it's almost a drug that I never want to get rid of. Good drug. Okay. <laughs> that's, 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 you know, yeah. it's, a, it's endorphin rush and the adrenaline and everything, you know, that, that are released from those, you know, I mean, when you get done with a good workout, as tired and as smoked as you might be at the same time, you just feel, you know, elated, you know, I mean, you just feel fantastic, you know, and you just, oh, you there's, know. there's almost no better feeling. Yeah, I agree. It makes you feel good. It does. I don't remember how or when I started the whole self-discipline thing. I don't know. Like I said before, I'm on a momentum now that I I just need it. There's I look down upon myself if I don't keep myself disciplined. Right. And it's hard. Comfort is the enemy to me. So anytime comfort starts coming in, I just want to stay in bed a little bit longer. I need that thing to get me up. And finding that, I have to go outside. A lot of times I go on... Uh, social media, I find other guys doing the same thing. Right. A couple guys that, that I listen to, Jocko Willink, I listen to. Uh, there's a guy named Dave Goggins. Yeah, Dave Goggins. He's, yeah. yeah, he's crazy. So guys like that keep me motivated to keep the lifestyle, which helps me pass it down. Well, and I think, uh, you know, you, you, there's a couple different things that you both kind of highlighted. One is that social media factor that I think would be, especially given the times that we're currently living in. Somebody actually accused me the other day of taking over uh, 2CR's Instagram page. They said, what did the Sergeant Major hijack this? Because it's all videos <laughs> that I've recorded of different workouts <laughs> and other things. And But it's an influencer. 
it took me a while to maybe kind of realize it. Um, but I think, you know, the current generation, they understand it. They understand that it, it is an influencer. And these are people that are, you know, uh, influencing generations of people. So especially in times like this, where you can't maybe necessarily have that kind of physical contact that you used to be able to once, you know, have with your soldiers and other soldiers that, you know, because any good leader, it's not just your soldiers. You lead people that you don't even know. You don't even know their names, but they're they're watching you and you just don't even know it. You know, you can do that through social media, you know, and it's a, it's one of the reasons that we decided, hey, it's time. We've talked about, you know, having podcasts for quite a while. And we, you know, we, we finally were like, we just need to pull the trigger on this and we need to execute this because it's an influencer as well. You know, and those guys like David Goggins and Jocko Wilkins and, um, you know, some of the other individuals, you know, they're, they're, they're influencing, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people, you know, that they don't even know. It can improve upon leadership. It cannot replace leadership though. Correct. You know, you still have to be doing the other things. Um, with COVID-19, okay, I suppose, you know, maybe we have to utilize it a little bit more than we normally would. Um, but I think it's an important thing, and it just goes back into that example. And I think, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat as well, that it's uh, it's to the point where it's just how I live my life. Don't get me wrong. I have my days where I'll eat a whole pizza or maybe two, okay? Um, you know, but those are those are far and few in between. And then the next morning, Okay, I carb loaded last night. Now it's time to, you know, do something terrible, Absolutely. you know. You know, I'm going to pay the price, yeah. you know. Now if my body says, hey, like I go into the, if I go into the gym, my body's like, oh, you know, it's like it's a little bit more than like dread. I'm like, okay, yep, I need to take the day off. Yep, yep, my body's telling me, you know, and I know, but I don't feel bad about it because I know 99% of the time I'm getting after it. And I've even, you know, and I don't know, you know, maybe not you, Saramaro, you know, you're a young buck, but I definitely know for myself, I've had to say, you know, it's usually about every year or 18 months, I, I just take a week off. I don't work out for a whole week. All I do is stretch and maybe some like active recovery stuff, um, but it's just my body needs a red reset. And what I've found is after I do that, I am clawing. I am foaming at the mouth to get back after it, you know, because, you know, I just, I miss it. I need it. You know, I need it in my life. You know, when I, Oh, I, I fully understand that with this COVID-19 thing, I'm working out with MRE boxes. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Hey man, that's deployments though. You know, I've, I've, I've on some deployments in Afghanistan and Iraq, especially, you know, being on the invasion of both of those, I definitely worked out with some interesting stuff you know some definitely interesting uh, tricks of the trade uh broom handles you know made into bench presses you know all that different kind oh of yeah stuff. so you, you know itch. you get that itch and you just gotta lift yep. you gotta do something yep it's something no matter how small you just gotta you just gotta constantly do something so you know when we tie all this in to we talk about everything that we've you know we've discussed throughout this entire kind of podcast you know what it would, it would leave everybody with is you know you got to find somebody that inspires you. You got to find somebody. And maybe it's not somebody that's even in the army, um, but somebody that, you know, maybe has goals or do does things that you just think are impossible. And uh, you got to use that as your inspiration. You got to use that as your motivating factor. Or, you know, maybe it's a soldier, maybe it's a team, you know, uh, a leader within your organization. Um, and what I find, you know, if, if any soldier ever came up to me, and, and if some have, and they said, hey, I want to work out with you. Or, hey, I want to challenge you. Um, or, hey, what do you do? Boy, am I happy to share. They have an appetite and it, you know, it needs to be filled. You know, and, and we're going to communicate that. It has absolutely played within my success 
you know, within the army is having this kind of disciplined lifestyle. It is what I attribute to being able to do the things that I'm still able to do. There's not many guys that have been doing this as long as I am, or I have, that are as mobile as I. You know, most of them have, you know, bad backs and bad knees and everything else. But I, I attribute it to just, you know, how hard I've pushed myself throughout my career. And I can just, first, I can push harder. Um, there's, but also, it just, uh, I recover quicker. I've just done it for so long. It, it really kind of takes a lot to really kind of set me back. I mean, even, you know, even five years ago, I fractured my hip full on fracture, total labral tear. Uh, you know, the socket was freaking hey. cracked, cracked down the middle. A month later, I took over as a first art. Two months How to later, <laughs> two months later, I jumped out of a plane, um, <laughs> you know, night mass tack and everything else. Now, some would argue that that was probably pretty stupid, and I wouldn't really kind of disagree with them. However, hey, this is just like any other profession. you got to play injured. There's not a football player out there, a basketball player out there, or any kind of professional athlete that uh, does not play injured sometimes. Now, you got to be smart about it. Um, you know, this is about a long game. It's that discipline that you have, that standard that you set yourself, and you absolutely just constantly hold yourself accountable to it. Sorry, Ham, you have something else? And uh, then I'll, I just I'll... had a quick question for you, Sorry Major. Okay. Uh, when you're in 2-2, you use the phrase change the culture, like when you're talking about PT a lot. Yeah. Um, I was asking my guys today, like, what is our culture today? Like, what do you think our culture is? And they didn't really understand what I was talking about. Like, as in PT. Yeah. Uh, like, will guys do PT on their own, or do they only do it when you force them to do it? The one NCO spoke up. He says, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And I'm like, you're exactly right. That's the culture we live in. So... My question to you is, what do you suggest leading that horse to water? What what makes that horse want to drink instead of forcing them to drink? Right. That is a very, very good question. So when you talk about culture, you know, and I talk about PT, and there's other senior leaders that, you know, may or may not, you know, agree, but PT, you know, and I'll totally still align from this, our major, you know, former Sergeant Major of the Army Daily. It's not the imp most important thing we do. It's just the most important thing we do every day. Because you got to think about it, and it doesn't matter who you are. Okay, some of us have probably learned to lie to ourselves, but no one really wants to get up when it's cold and wet and do PT at 630 in the morning. No one. Come on. No, no, no. It, it takes discipline to do that. And then where the self-discipline comes in, because that's discipline. That's that forced discipline you talked about. Right. We force them. You have to be here. And if you don't, well, there's going to be repercussions right. to not being here at 630. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. What takes self-discipline is as a leader or as a soldier, is giving it everything you got and going for it and making it the hardest thing that you've ever done. You know, not every time. When you talk about PRT, but you talk about a lot of other stuff, if you just kind of sandbag it and you just kind of go through the motions, of course you're not going to get anything out of it. But instead, if you throw yourself into it and say, I want to beat so-and-so or I want to go as fast as I possibly can, I want to see how high I get my heart rate, you know, or whatever, you push yourself. That takes self-discipline, especially that early in the morning. Um, and then you, you get that about Thursday or Friday. Usually it's about Thursdays for me. When I wake up on Thursdays, I'm usually already pretty dang sore. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to do this. It takes self-discipline to do it. But when you talk about a culture, it plays into everything that we're talking about. The hardest thing that you will ever have to do is run into the sound of gunfire. Running towards gunfire. It is not a natural human emotion. Doesn't matter 
whether you're trying to close with, destroy the enemy, you're trying to save a fallen comrade, it doesn't matter what you're doing it for. It's not. It, it, you have to fight every instinct in your body to run towards the gunfire. The point I'm trying to make is, is that that is conditioned. You have to condition yourself to do hard things, to have control over your mind, over your emotions, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and everything else, to be able to do that when it matters. People's lives are going to be counting on it someday. So the, the, the point kind of being is over that culture is, is that PT is the foundation of that. And if you do good PT, and now especially as a regimental SAR major, I see it. You show me a troop that has a first sergeant and a command team and you know platoon sergeants and stuff like that that have accountability when it comes to PT, meaning they're checking PT programs and the execution of PT programs. You know what I will also show you? A troop that has the lowest misconduct. It's just a fact. I mean, I have 37 troops across the entire regiment that we can look at, and I can show you that because of discipline. You know, they're disciplined, and they hold each other accountable because it transcends into all things that they do. If they hold themselves accountable at the first thing in the morning, then the chances of them doing it throughout the day is very likely. Now, uh, we could also talk about, you know, that the leaders are engaged and everything else and they're, ta you know, they, they don't get task oriented, you know, and they keep people on focus all day. But, we, you know, we don't have to dive into that. That's that culture. And uh, it just it sets up soldiers for success. Discipline organizations usually do discipline PT. You know, you show me a squad goes out and they got breakfast at Burger King instead of doing PT. I guarantee you they're not getting after it the rest of the day. I mean. I'm probably right, <laughs> you know, so, but I'm going to brag on you guys a little bit. Leaders that I see leading PT, tough PT, you know, Sergeant Ham. I don't, I don't know what it is with that hex bar. He loves that deadlift hex bar. He's always got that thing and he's carrying it all over the place. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but you know, you know, and even you, Sergeant Morrow, um, when I talk to your soldiers, they respect you. They have huge respect for you both because they see you guys constantly getting after it you're getting after it with them even on top of that you're still out there getting after it on your own you know sergeant ham every right. saturday morning sunday morning you know where you find sergeant ham over at graf gym working out where you see sergeant morrow either at the gym you know when it's open here or you see him at a beaver fit or right now you see him lifting mre boxes on uh, <laughs> on, on, on instagram but you know you know they're just you know they're constantly getting after it and uh, you know as a as a, as a sergeant major your soldiers respect you, and I know that because I talk to them. You know, it plays into all that. So anyway, I'm sorry. I, I ended up talking more than I intended to. So, Morrow, did you have anything you kind of wanted to add to all that? Uh, nah, just to whoever's listening, man, all I'd say is, like, stick to your plans. That's what I see a lot of these guys that don't do is they, they make a plan, I help them out with it, they get, like, a week or two into it, and then they just die off. Yep. The, real, the real thing is you just have to stay with whatever you want, whatever your goal is, because yep. that's how you're going to see the results. Sorry, Anything else? Back to the combatives thing. Do you see uh, any of these guys walk around with combative shirts on? Go up and talk to them if you're in interested. All right. If you want to learn how to fight and nobody's telling you how to do it, I find these guys are walking around. They love to talk fighting. All right. They're not there to show you how much of a, a badass they are. Yeah. No, that's that's what I had. Yeah. Or you can do a sideswipe and take them down. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I recommend. You walk up and punch them in the face. <laughs> that works too. That works too. Yeah, well, they're takedown defense. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. You weren't ready. We're always ready. No. Okay. Hey, uh, just to close it up, and we'll finish it off here. Um, 
you know, the other thing that I would I would say, you know, right on uh, Sarmaro's point is you're going to, you know, as you pursue this and if you decide to make a lifestyle change, you're going to have setbacks. Um, you're going to fall off the wagon. You're going to have points in your life where you're just not going to, you know, you're not going to be getting after it, but you just got to get back on. And the other important part of that is, is it's the people you surround yourself with. People that you associate with will probably be a pretty good indicator of what you find important. Um, you know, I, I guarantee you that, you know, Sarmaro and Sarham, you know, they're not hanging out with soldiers or, you know, peers that, you know, drinking alcohol, you know, that's their focus and that's all that they want to do. They hang out with like-minded people because it plays into what they're trying to get done and what they're trying to get after. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Hopefully we provided you some insight and some things that you can kind of take, uh, uh, take away uh, from this and uh, kind of have that warrior mindset that we were talking about. We want to keep these going, but we want to make sure that they're engaging. If you have any ideas of anything that you would like to have us cover, please let us know, contact the PAO, and make your suggestion. Also, if you would like to be on a podcast, again, contact the PAO, because we want to bring soldiers in across the entire regiment and have them contribute to this. This is Dragoon7, signing off.